You're listening to 40 Acres and a Fool On Demand. And Greetings now, from the snowy near frontier. Welcome to another edition of 40 Acres and a Fool. And a fool. My name is Cam host, Edwards, and Cam I'm joined by Miss E. Hello. Hello. Happy snow day. Happy snow day to you as well. Yeah, it's been a... Uh, very snowy day. We were supposed to get, and and by the way, I don't, I don't call winter storms by names. So does it have a name? Yes, it does. Okay, supposedly according to the Weather Channel, hurricanes uh, have names. That's about it. I, exactly. So the weather forecast uh, had been saying like three to six inches of snow, and then a couple days ago it actually got down to like an inch of snow, and we had like a, just a forty percent chance of snow, and then uh, Friday it started getting back up. No, actually Friday night, I guess it was back up to like we know three to six, and then Saturday it was three to five, and then. Sunday morning, it was uh, five to eight inches, and we're probably at 10 inches on Sunday evening with a couple of hours of snowfall left. If not a foot. If not a foot, yeah. I mean, I've been driving up and down the driveway all day, and so I can see where the snow is piled up out, uh, you know, where I haven't been driving. Yeah. And in our pasture, so the fenced pasture has actually some taller grass. That's where the cattle, you know, graze, and so there's parts that that they haven't grazed. So you've got grass that's probably close to two feet tall. On the part that uh, gets mowed for hay, uh, there's still some tufts that are probably 18 inches or so. Yeah, so it's hard um, to see how much snow is actually. So, yeah, it's been an incredibly snowy day. It's been uh, fun playing with the dogs. Uh, Zelda and Bullet love, love, love the snow. I don't think I can, I, I can't really express how much these dogs love the snow. I posted a uh, little video uh, on. Uh, my Twitter feed at, at Cam Edwards, and I called it uh, Snow Zoomies, and it was just Zelda. It was you letting Miss Z, letting Zelda out the door. Oh, okay. And her just tearing across the yard. Uh, yeah, she had a lot of fun. So yeah. so what have you been doing on your snow day? Uh, so um, yesterday I started a batch of faux broth, and faux Faux, it's not actually pronounced faux. We're pronouncing it faux because we're Anglican <laughs> and we don't have much of an accent. It's pronounced faux if you're Vietnamese. Mm-hmm. And it's a Vietnamese noodle soup. And I was rooting through the freezer. And so I'll buy meat when it's on sale, no matter what kind of meat it is. I just vacuum seal it and I throw it in the back of the freezer. So I had a little two-pound chuck roast, which isn't big enough for our family of five. Unless it's, you know, as, an, as a something in part of dinner, but it's not big enough to be a roast di- for dinner. Yeah. And then I had some oxtails, and I was like, oh yeah, oh yeah, I forgot. I got these to make faux. So I started the broth yesterday, and it's really, really easy. It's, um, I, I got it out of a Vietnamese cookbook. You probably can Google it, but you just take an onion, a pretty big onion. I used a really big onion or two medium onions, and I slice them about an inch thick, and I put them on a, a foil-lined cookie sheet with uh, about six shallots that I cut in half, and then a four-inch piece of hand of ginger, so maybe like four inches long and, two, and an inch wide. You scrape the skin off. Mm-hmm. And you put it under the broiler until it just chars on all the sides. You want to get a nice blackened everywhere on these vegetables. And then you throw them in a stock pot, and I made a big batch. So I used the two-pound chuck and about two to three pounds of oxtails, five quarts of beef stock, all of those vegetables, and then four of these... Not bone broth. Don't even go there with me. (laughs) Five quarts of beef stock. Uh Uh-huh. 
and four of these bone foe foe. Um, Sorry, seasoning packets. They're like tea bags. And so they have all the ground up seasonings in them and you just cook them with you cook it overnight and then you strain it out and then you get the flavor without having to buy sarianas and all the other different things okay. that go into it. So you just buy them and you use them like a tea bag. Oh, so where can you find those? I got them on Amazon. Okay. I got everything on uh, Amazon. Yeah. So I let that cook all day yesterday and pretty much all the night. I left it on low simmer and then today I had I was like craving that for for uh, lunch but I was watching Christmas specials and crochet most of the day and was, then I got into baking. Yeah. So before we move on from the pho, uh oh. it was really really good. Yeah, so I pulled I strained out the meat I strained out the stock and put it back on to heat and keep that warm. And then I pulled out all of the biggest pieces from the oxtail. Mm-hmm. And then I shredded the chuck. And so for people who've never had oxtail before, I don't know how many that would be, but it almost was like a pot roast meat. Yeah, like it is. That's, that's what it tastes like it when it's in the pho. For so long, and it cooks in stock. So it's not like you're boiling it in water where it's trying to leach the flavor out. Right. You're actually just poaching it in meat juice and it just makes it that much more tasty and if you uh if you like pho and uh, in restaurants um this broth this broth that missy just described is like it's like super beefy it's and it's way dark. darker than you would get at a at a restaurant yeah but it's like it's just like super concentrated beef flavor to yeah, me it is i like it better though um but i guess if you wanted to you could probably add like two parts of the food to one part of water when you remade it and heated it up again. Um, but then, so what it, what I did was I let the, the, the broth cool today so I could skim off some of all the fat because mm-hmm. you get a lot of fat from the oxtails. And then to serve, I got a nice big chunk full of rice noodles that I soaked in hot tap water for about 15 minutes. And then I put that in the bottom of the bowl and then I put in some oxtail and some of the shredded chuck and I poured boiling hot pho over top so it would reheat the noodles, reheat the meat, and it would also kind of reconstitute the noodles a little bit. And then I served it with um, bean sprouts, sliced, very thinly sliced jalapenos, and um, some squeezed up fresh lime and some – I didn't have any fresh, so I used some freeze-dried cilantro. But, yeah, totally good. Oh, oh, but to – oh, so to finish the sauce, I forgot. At the very end – after it was strained and when it was back to heat, I put in about six tablespoons of fish sauce and about a tablespoon and a half of sugar. Okay. What is fish sauce? Nasty by itself, but it's, <laughs> it's, 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 I don't know. I'd have to look at the label. Okay. It's like, it's like fish left with salt to rot forever and then it's turned into a juice and you add it to stuff. Okay. Is that like what ketchup was originally? Originally. Was like something like that? Yes, originally. But this is more... Uh, it's more like a liquid, like soy sauce. It's okay. thinner. It's not a thick sauce like it's hoisin just, it's or like ketchup. Fish rotted fish broth, basically. Okay. Yeah, pretty much. Fish goo. I don't. Yeah, but huh. it's, I always, I keep it just to have it for pho. All righty. Well, that was my uh, uh, my my fortification <laughs> for lunch, and then after lunch, I headed out with the dogs, uh, and we walked down to the creek, which is at the back edge of the property, and down a pretty steep hill, which. I did not fall on my butt. That's I was good. I was very pleased. I going not going down nor coming back up. Did well, you had I those really nice end? boots that somebody sent you, right? Uh, yes, I do. As a matter of fact, uh, the Rocky SV2 boots. Yeah, and like the army, mm-hmm. army uses them. Yep, 
and uh, I, you know, I don't think they're supposed to be waterproof. I think they're like more water resistant. But seriously, I was out in these all day in the snow, uh, and my feet were dry the entire day, except for towards the end of the day when the snow was, you know, eight inches deep. Uh, and I was walking the dogs like that last time around. My my feet got a little cold and wet, but mm. uh, I was I was amazed honestly. This has been really dry snow too, though. We're lucky because the last time it snowed, what one day this week, it was really damp snow, mm-hmm. and it threatened to bring down the uh, netting over the chicken runs. Yeah, but just with like around, a, with like two inches of yeah, snow. Yeah, just with two inches, but with having almost a foot today because it's been dry and it's been powdery. Now it's been just steady coming down like a rainstorm, just flake after flake after flake. Um, every time I look out the window, I'm like, yeah, it's still coming down. Um, but it's at least been a dry snow, so it's been able to sweep off the back steps. And it's not drive you know, up and down the drive, drive up the driveway and pack right. it down. So yep. uh, as far as the animals go, so the the chickens hang out in their coop. Uh, they have not left all day. I did go down and check. Uh, Missy thought that the uh, snow had covered up the uh, the the door. The door is fine. Okay. Um, the goats I let out, and the goats wandered outside earlier in the morning before there was a ton of snow on the ground. Uh, and I figured they'd be living under our carport. Um, but because of the the way the snow is blowing, the carport's actually got snow all underneath it. So oh. the goats have retreated back into their igloos, oh, which is appropriate. Course. That is appropriate. How uh, funny. Bonnie and Clyde, the uh, random chickens or the chickens who think they are goats, uh, they are also in with the goats. I okay. believe they're actually in an igloo. Uh, uh, in That's the season, hilarious. Right? The feral chickens. Yep. Our uh, barn cats are underneath our house yeah. right now in a uh, little crawl space. And then the uh, the dogs are all In all inside. Yes, uh, Zelda would be outside if she could. I took her out uh, right before dinner, and we have uh, we have the the smallest dog here at our feet. Anyway, I took uh, Zelda out, and I decided it was stupid because it was getting dark, and I left her off the leash, and she took off running, and. Uh, she was laying in the snow by by the time I got up there. Just laying, just hanging I know, and then out, she laying. comes in the house, and then she starts to defrost, and she was leaving and puddles all ripping. over the hardwood floors. I'm like, oh, dang, <laughs> dog. I know. So uh, it's going to be a snow day for the kids tomorrow. They're out and probably will be. We're taking bets. Because of where we live, there are a lot of backcountry roads. Yeah. Uh, so even when the main roads are okay, sometimes the back roads are not. So my guess is... Uh, they're going to go back to school Wednesday on a two-hour delay. Mm, okay. Well, but I'm it could be Thursday. I'm not even going to take money on that bet, but I hope it doesn't interfere with their Christmas break too much. I know, right? Uh, they I haven't it, had too many snow days yet this year. No, but then again, it's only early December. Like, this is the earliest I think we've had a big snow. This is big. And this is big. I think yeah. this is, like, we were just talking about this. This is probably the biggest snow we've seen since that time we, we took a family vacation. We ended up having to stay an extra day because we got snowbound. Right, and I think that was 2011, maybe. Yeah, it was before we. It was before we before moved we to the, the farm. farm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is uh, what happens when you don't have a dedicated studio space, and you do your podcast at the kitchen table, and the dogs can interrupt you and bother you. Well, he's getting in the pantry, and he keeps trying to eat the cat food. <laughs> I'll be right back. <laughs> All right. Well, well, while Miss E steps away. Uh, to deal with the uh, the dog who wants to eat the cat food, um, uh, we can talk about uh, a couple of other things. Actually, I, there is one thing that I want to talk about that's sort of off farm uh, because Cam and Company is on a hiatus, a hiatus at the moment. 
I, I haven't been able to talk Second Amendment stuff, but uh, but there is a big, new, awful law that is going into effect in New Jersey on December the 10th. It is a magazine ban, uh, 10 rounds or more, illegal to possess in the state of New Jersey. Uh, it has been illegal for you to sell them, I believe, but uh, you could still own them now. Mr. and Mrs. New Jersey, turn them all in. And it is estimated that there are hundreds of thousands of New Jersey gun owners who could become felons if they don't turn uh, their magazines in or, or felony equivalent. Uh, I spoke with Scott Bach, who's the head of the Association of New Jersey Rifle and Pistol Clubs, and he explained to me that this is basically a, a felony equivalent charge. So uh, there is a, a fine. There is jail time. I believe it's a, a year uh, that could be imposed. Um, but you lose your rights to, to legally own a firearm. If you continue to maintain possession of the magazines that you have legally owned as a lawful law-abiding citizen for however many years that you've owned them. So this law is being challenged. And it's being challenged in the Third Circuit Court of Appeals. A three-judge panel um, ruled that uh, this law can go forward, that it does not violate the constitutional rights of law-abiding citizens, that it does not violate the takings clause of the Constitution because uh, these individuals could modify their magazines. They could pay more money to uh, continue to maintain possession of something they legally own. Um, so, so that's an option, so it's not a violation of the takings clause. Across the country, in the Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals out in California, a federal judge has ruled differently, uh, ruling that the state of California is unlikely to prevail on the merits of the case in, in their law that bans magazines over 10 rounds, and that judge put an injunction in place uh, blocking California's law from going forward. That's not going to happen in New Jersey, unfortunately. And uh, the Supreme Court uh, could get an opportunity to hear this case. This case could also be heard on banc by the Third Circuit Court of Appeals. It would be every judge uh, in the Third Circuit rehearing this case. But we are a, a couple of steps away uh, from, uh, from the Supreme Court being able to hear that case. We are unfortunately very, very close to this law going into effect. And it was just a few days ago that we had the uh, anniversary of repeal, repeal day, the repeal of prohibition. And... Uh, I, I was reading this book um, called The Dry Decade, which came out in 1931, uh, while Prohibition was still going on. And it was like a history of the first 10 years. And um, the, the author of this guy named Charles Murs was not a fan of Prohibition. And uh, he, he wrote when he was talking about the, the real problem with this. He said, quote, it was one thing to adopt a drastic law and another to provide enough enforcement agents to detect violations of this law, enough police to arrest the villagers, enough courts to try prohibition cases with reasonable promptness, and enough jails to hold the guilty. Now, think about that in terms of what's going on in New Jersey. we got this ban on magazines over 10 rounds now. Mm. Not allowed to possess them anymore. So that's a drastic law that's been adopted. Are you going to provide enough law enforcement agents to detect violations of this law? Probably not. Going to provide enough police to arrest everybody in violation of this law? The hundreds of thousands of people, probably not. Going to have enough courts to try these cases with reasonable promptness, probably not. Going to have enough jails to hold the guilty, probably not. And yet, lawmakers are proud of this because they can say we did something, even if the something that they did is completely unreasonable, uh, completely impractical, and targets the legal gun owners, not the criminals in New Jersey. Anyway, I just think it's a bad law, and uh, it's about to go into effect, and I hope it doesn't have 
the disastrous results that it could. Uh, the only way that it's not going to have completely disastrous results if it is uh, ineffectually enforced. And that's a pretty good summation of what a bad law actually is, right? So, Missy e is back at the table. Uh, you got the, the dog was in the cat food. Yeah, he got into the pantry. He knocked over the cat food, <laughs> which we keep for the barn cats. And, yeah, so I had to clean that up and just shut the pantry up. And then I decided to throw a, a pan of cookies in the oven. So Okay, well, I was going to say, I know that, yeah, you're, you're in the middle of baking. I don't want to keep you from stuff. But um, so if you don't follow Missy e on Instagram, uh, I would strongly encourage you to do so because she's got some great pictures. It is at Corny Goat Farm. On Instagram, and Missy's way more active on Instagram than I am. I'm on Twitter more often, although I I like Instagram, I think more. Hmm. Uh, but I'm at Cam Edwards on both. But Missy and I were talking the other day, and I said, you know, it would be awesome if maybe during the podcast you could talk about like a cool farm that that you follow on Instagram or something that you know you've run across that's that's interesting in terms of the visuals and just the. The, the 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 life or the story that uh, that's being told on the page um, yeah and so this week it was going to be uh, so this one this one I follow it's farm life Iceland so it's exactly what you think it is it's farm life in Iceland and it's following this one now she's got lots and lots of followers so right she's not some nobody but she's got um, a sheep farm and it's kind of cool because so not only does she it, have you know picked really cute pictures of sheep and pictures of, of beautiful and stunning landscapes and mm-hmm. stuff but she'll also have pictures of stuff like this which has got to be a drone picture so what it is is this gigantic um corral with different sectioned holding pens off of it with cars parked all the way around and so this is called Ratir. And she explains what it is. It's like every year all the everybody's farm sheep go off to this municipality lot and they all hang out together for a really long time. And then at some point they all have to get them all together and they have ear tags. So they all kind of get them into this one big holding area and all the families get together and they sort sheep and they have parties and oh, they wow. eat food. It just sounds like a really cool thing, but this aerial picture is just crazy. Um, but if you look, like I said, it's farm... Life, Iceland. This picture was posted September the twenty fifth. You just look some of their, some of their pictures, but it's 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 just really interesting to see how people are doing things and what things look like in another country. Yeah, I'm curious about especially like because Iceland's a small place. I mean, the whole population of Iceland I think is like three hundred thousand people or yeah. some some ungodly small number for a country. Yeah, and most of that has to be in Reykjavik, right? Yeah. Uh, so like, how many? Farmers are there in Iceland? Well, there are a lot more than you think because I was watching. You know how I love to watch those crazy things about engineering and oh, yeah. marvelous engineering. Well, in Iceland, because of all of the ridiculously active volcano mm-hmm. activity that they have there, they've actually managed to harness all of this, and twenty five percent of their electricity comes from geothermal, geothermal. energy. Uh-huh. But they also have. These huge greenhouses that are completely warmed by geothermic energy, and they have banana plantations in greenhouses inside in Iceland. Crazy. And tomatoes. So the and she's like, look, you know, look for wow Icelandic tomatoes in your grocer's market soon. Probably not. And because they have such little sun, the bananas take two years to grow versus a year. But they yes, okay. 
apparently they're really big on bananas there. Well, people like, are like, big on bananas everywhere. It's still the most popular fruit in the world. But 30 pounds per person in, in, really? in Iceland. Where huh. The heck would they have been, you know. Right. Like, how'd you all get a banana in the first I, place? I, and how'd you get so addicted to them? I mean, it would have had to have been, you know, I was, I was just reading about this uh, in, a, in a, a book. I forget what book I was reading about where I read about banana plants. Oh, it was the uh, the Lost City of the Monkey God uh, oh, okay. by Douglas Preston. And he has this uh, uh, chapter about uh, Honduras being one of the – it was the Banana Republic, the original Banana Republic, yeah. right? Because the banana companies basically ran the government S- there. The government yeah. uh, and this was around the turn of the 20th century when they figured out that if they ship bananas via steamboat rather than sailboat – the bananas could get to market and still be viable. Yeah. And so can. that's when bananas actually took off, not just in the United States, but around the world as a popular fruit. So I'm guessing they've been eating bananas in Iceland for 100 years. I've, I saw that on Drunk History. <laughs> that's a really good episode. But it gave you a whole, the whole rundown about the, why, where the term Banana Republic came from. Oh, I thought you were, now I thought you were talking about Iceland. And I was like, wait, I thought that was the Science Channel no, the show. No, about the banana. But the, 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 why don't they have drunk science, by the way? They've got drunk history. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> we'll have to come up with some saying. Bill Nye could probably make a really great drunk science. No. Well, he didn't quote, time, no, quote Bill, science fix. Bill Nye's, his last show probably is like the version of, of drunk science. Yeah. It was that awful. Yeah, but, it probably uh, was. Anyway, they don't have that. So anyway, yes, I saw that. They eat a lot of bananas. They have they they're harnessing the 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 heat from underground. But yeah, I just thought that was a pretty interesting. All right, so it's called on, on Instagram Farmland Farm Life farm Iceland. Life, Iceland. Just all Farm Life Iceland. All four letters, all one word. Awesome. All four words, all one word. Sorry, not four letters. But okay. Yeah. yeah. No. Did you get it? I do. I appreciate that. So, are you off to bake more cookies? Yeah, I have. Um, I made uh, a traditional recipe rugula earlier with um, um, cinnamon, brown sugar, sugar, chopped walnuts, and raisins in the filling. Mm-hmm. And this time around, I thought, hmm. So I took some of my uh, dad's chocolate. The chocolate bar that he sends us every year, the dark chocolate. Mm-hmm. I took a big chunk of it and I grated it and I tossed it with finely chopped up walnuts. Oh. And so for this batch of rugula, I put some apricot preserves at the bottom and then I put the this chocolate nut mixture down and I mm-hmm. smushed it all down and I cut them up and rolled them. So they're baking now. So we'll see how well they turned out. Yum. All right. Let me know if you need a uh, guinea pig to, to try one of those. Yeah, you and uh, kid five have already volunteered. Oh, let me know when those are ready. So I, I, they're in the. So I figured I'd better throw them in the oven so that someone could try them. All right. Well, thank you for uh, joining me. Yeah. Enjoy the, the rest of your podcast. podcast. Before we let you go, I do have to ask, you know, obviously you're here. You sound pretty good. It's been a rough ass week, though. I'll say that. Yeah. So this time around, they gave me some steroids that were supposed to help. But what it did is a sort of like held the floodgates at bay for a day or two and then it all just came breaking open and I felt just as bad if not worse than I did the time before when I didn't take steroids so I'm not doing that again um but yeah I just have to keep putting up with this crap until the tumors shrink away so but you're feeling okay now I'm eating cookies and I ate faux today I'm eating so when I eat and when I want to cook right then I know I feel better and you're able to sweep the steps for me yeah 
And I'm, you know, I've so. got everybody's laundry down, so we all got flannel sheets on the beds now. We're all set for winter. <laughs> We're all snuggled up cozy in our beds. The house is... I'm ahead of the game for decorating for Christmas. Yeah. Most of the Christmas ornaments or Christmas presents have been bought, thank goodness, for the interwebs and UPS people and the mail. Um, so, yeah, we're doing good. And yeah. I'm feeling good. I've and been, I don't have to do chemo again until after, after Christmas. Right. Yeah. It's probably going to be an early night on New Year's Eve, but uh, whatever. Pro- probably, considering I have it on the two days after Christmas. Right. <laughs> New Year's Eve is being like, woo. Don't throw up. I'm going to bed tonight at 9 o'clock. Well, it's New Year's somewhere. So, yeah. All right. I'll see you a little bit, babe. All right. I love you. I love you. And that is the one and the only Miss E joining us here on 40 Acres and a Fool on Blaze Podcast Network. I think I got that right. There's some... You know, new verbiage here with everything. Yes, Blaze Podcast Network. We are a part of Blaze Podcast Network, and we are happy uh, to be a part of Blaze Podcast Network. So I would love to hear from you, uh, and you can send us an email, 40acrefool at gmail.com. What is your favorite way to spend a snow day? Let's assume that you don't have to do a whole lot. Like today was a perfect snow day because I got all of the stuff that I needed to do out of the way yesterday. So I didn't have to try to go to the dump in the snow. You know, I had to deal with animals and stuff like that, but but I I didn't have a ton of chores to do. What's your favorite way to spend a snowy weekend day? Uh, 40acrefool at gmail.com. I got to say, the other great thing about this snowstorm, besides the fact that, uh, knock on wood, we haven't lost power yet, uh, is the fact that it's like it started at 8 o'clock in the morning, and it's supposed to be done by about 10 o'clock at night. It wasn't one of those storms where you go to bed, and the stars are out, and the moon is shining bright, and then when you wake up in the morning, you've got like 8 inches of snow. Uh, you've been able to sort of deal with this. Throughout the day, and uh, I'll take it. I mean, if you got to have you know a foot of snowfall, this this has been a pretty easy one. So, uh, speaking of emails, by the way, we uh, have an email from Steve uh, writing in who says, "Cam and Missy, I wanted to let you know how pleased I was to hear about Missy's excellent prognosis in regards to her cancer." Bleep cancer, by the way, says uh, Steve. Yes, indeed, Steve, and uh, we again are. Uh, just so, so, so grateful about that. He says, I know you're both very relieved and pleased, and it is proof positive that, pay, that prayers work. Uh, Steve says, it has been so much fun following you on Instagram, especially seeing the love you get from your four-legged family members. Steve says, I recently had to let our black lab go to doggy heaven. This is one of the hardest things we have ever had to do, but also the most loving I was a hot mess when I left the vet, but I had a very pleasant surprise when I started the drive back home. My podcast list showed a new 40 Acre Fool episode. You don't know how much this brightened my day to be able to listen to Missy talk about her Thanksgiving meal and then Cam talking about what's been going on during your absence from the airwaves. I hope that Missy can sit in on a few more segments as her opinions and that occasional swear word are a big part of the show. I really believe that I've become a part of your extended family after listening to your podcast from day one. I know more about what's going on with you and Missy than I do with some of my own family. I'm glad to hear that you'll be doing a more regular podcast from now on. Have a safe and prosperous Christmas season and a new year, says Steve. Well, Steve, um, boy, there's a lot to unpack there. So first of all, thank you so much for uh, for listening since day one. And uh, I think that you, we are going to be able to get Missy in on, on a couple more 
uh, segments here when she's not, you know, dealing with baking cookies and stuff like that. But um, I got to tell you, I'm so sorry uh, to hear that uh, you had to to let your black lab go to doggy heaven. And I know how hard that is. Uh, There is no easy way to do it. It feels miserable. Even when it's the right thing to do, it it just it sucks so bad, Steve. I know, um, and I hope that uh, since a little time has gone by, that your heart has started to heal up a little bit. That you're able to uh, to think back on those good memories without the, uh, the the sting hurting quite so bad. And as as time goes on, um, that sting will lessen. Uh, there will always be some some sadness. And you know, I mean, I. It's 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 certainly not enough to not make me want to have a dog because I love my dogs. But I was actually thinking about it yesterday as I was uh, driving home. I, I had to take a bullet uh, into uh, to Lynchburg, uh, and uh, we're driving back, and, and he's got his he's sitting in the passenger seat. And he's got his head literally on my thigh as I'm driving down the road, and I'm petting him. Uh, and I just, I, out of nowhere, I don't know why this thought popped in my head, but, but that thought did of, you know, one day he's not going to be here. And man, I'm going to be so sad because he is such a good dog. Uh, and I know that that day will come one day, and I hope that it comes years and years and years from now. But despite how sad I will be, or maybe the reason I will be so sad, and the reason, Steve, why it hurts so much is because they're such good dogs. And they give us so many good memories and they love us so much that it hurts us so bad when they're gone. But, uh, Steve, I, I do appreciate, um, you sharing. And like I said, I hope that you're doing a little bit better. I hope that your family's doing better as well. And, uh, Steve says, uh, on a side note, so glad to hear that Cam and company's not finished from the airwaves forever. Uh, no, sir. In fact, I, uh, can't really give you any definitive news. Um, but I will say that, uh, we're making, Good progress. I, I hope that I'll be able to say something uh, very, very soon. I do appreciate your patience, and uh, and and we'll be back just as soon as we possibly can be. Uh, in the meantime, we are doing this podcast, and that's going to continue. By the way, even when Cam and Company comes back, this is still going to. We're picking it up. We're starting regularly again, uh, but uh, until Cam and Company is back in the airwaves. I um, I did something I had never done before. I actually did a Periscope video, a, a live video on Twitter the other night. It was actually the night uh, repeal night or repeal day. Uh, I did a uh, little rant about uh, a prohibition, um, and so I plan on doing more of those. Not not rants about prohibition, but uh, but live broadcasts where I'll talk about some of the big Second Amendment stories of the day. Uh, probably going to be three hours. Uh, and we'll, we're not able to do a guest thing when we're on just a Periscope video, but it's better than nothing until we're back on the airwaves, and uh, we'll try to hit some of the top Second Amendment stories. I'm going to try to do this daily, uh, and it's probably going to be... I'm, I'm leaning towards the evening, uh, where I can kind of go back and recap some of the day's big stories, and it's probably going to be kind of a late-night thing. I'm, maybe I have to do two. Maybe I do one midday and one in the evening. But uh, but we'll be doing that um, until we uh, are able to get back on uh, with uh, Cam and Company on a daily basis. So uh, you can follow me on Twitter, at Cam Edwards. And again, uh, on Instagram, is he is Corny Goat Farm. And this 
has been another edition of 40 Acres and a Fool here on Blaze Podcast Network. I hope that you have a very, very good week. Be safe, have fun, live a little, learn a lot. And we will see you soon and talk to you soon here on 40 Acres and a Fool. 40 Acres and a Fool with Cam Edwards on the Blaze Radio Network. 